everyone and welcome to the March edition of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. It's been another great month uh, on the pitch, so uh, myself, James and Tony relocated to the local boozer to um, celebrate the great form that we're, uh, that we're going under at the minute. Uh, how are we both chaps? Good, thanks Kev. Yeah, good mate. In football sense, good. Absolutely. I know you're in mourning at some of the music news that's uh, passed today, James, but hopefully the next hour or so we'll uh, liven you up with a bit of football chat. But before we get stuck into the football, guys, um, we're going to start this week with the uh, community talk, which is going to focus around a certain date uh, next week. Uh, the 11th of March where we are going to find out whether planning uh, permission is given for the Newlands Park development Tony we had some good news last week when the uh, council officer um, suggested that the councillors pass uh, the developments Uh, just your thoughts on that and how you see next Monday going it was uh, very welcome great news Um, you know because we were you know really unsure as supporters um, but it's good news and it, it's very rare for a council to um, you know go against the recommendations of a planning officer um, so I, I, I'm expecting it to get passed um, but uh, we, we need to be aware of what the opposition are going to do after that because um, I'm pretty sure Capital and Regional will plan to go to take it to a JR or at least try to go down the judicial review route. So um, while we'll celebrate Monday if it gets passed, um, we'll still have our, our eye on the ball, um, waiting for what they do, and then um, you know we'll, we'll we'll spring into action from there. Yeah, we'll come on to the repercussions of um, the verdict and everything in a moment. But James. Um, I mean, it's fact, it, it was the news that we all wanted to hear that, you know, the recommendation is to approve it. Yeah, I was confident on the last podcast that, that it's happened, and I'm doubly confident now. I think it would be unprecedented for these councillors, considering what they said in the last um, meeting about Power Court and how full of praise they were for it, I think it'd be unprecedented for them to then go against the planning officer's recommendation I keep saying to people if they wanted to chuck this out they could have done it ages ago with two and a half more than that years in um, the council want this and Luton people want it and on Monday um, Luton will speak up and we'll get what we want Tony we've kind of um, we've been reinforcing that message on this podcast for the last 12 months and more and you know we'll continue to do that right up until next Monday Um They've gone. On, they've undergone a bit of a strange PR move in recent times, though. Of Capital and Regional, they seem to be blocking everyone on Twitter and on their social media feeds. What do, you, what, what do you read into this? I think it's a. It, it, they seem to be battening down the hatches because they they know that overwhelmingly, you know, the, the people of Luton want these developments because they, they promise a bright future for the town, and they know that the stance that they're taking is extremely unpopular. So um, I, I, I look at it and think that they know that there's basically a shitstorm heading their way. Um, you know, you're right, they've been blocking people on Twitter. Um, you know, Lawrence Hutchins has replied to various people on email. Um, you know, there was one that was put on Outlaws where his reply said they would continue to protect 
the town centre, which I, I think is totally laughable considering their company has been the one that's caused most of the problems in the town centre you know the fact that the place dies at night you know there's there's no decent retail offering in 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 the the in the arndale i prefer to think of it because i've always hated the name of the mall um so whilst it's uh, it'll be time for celebration there will still be a fight and a battle to come tony mentions um the work in the, in, in the town centre, James. Actually, to my untrained eye, the first thing that's happened in that town centre in quite a while is the recent power in paint uh, display that's that's undergone that Save Our Town have been right behind. Right. Actually looks really good down there now and already gives that area more of a lift than what Capital and Regional have had the opportunity to do or have done so in quite a few years. Well, since they've been there, they, they, they've claimed that they've pump money into this and that to try and improve things but they haven't they, that that site's been a disaster for the best part of 20 years uh, and those boards um, some of them have come down uh, since the club have opened up the, the small amount of car parking in Power Court but there's still hundreds and hundreds of boards those big blue boards that used to border Power Court uh, and they were an eyesore they always have been an eyesore and so this project is now decide enough is enough and um, it's going to be a couple of years before a stadium appears at that site they're going to have to decontaminate the land and whatnot so the idea came up to brighten up those boards bring something back put put, put something visible some color some vibrancy get artists down there to showcase their art and and just change the site start changing the site because eventually that that site is going to become like something else but uh, that's the start of it so and it's looking good but it's good it's, it, it's engaging the local community um, local artists it, 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 I think the whole thing is, is fantastic yeah. you know and it just shows you that uh, the, the, the two developments of Power Court and Newlands Park are, are the catalyst for change uh, that this town needs it will gal- galvanise the local community and different parts of that community bringing different factions together I think the whole thing is, is a massive massive positive for everybody in the town yeah it highlights um, the, the sort of um, belief and the will that uh, people inside Luton have that uh, to change the town I, I, I go past that site uh, near enough every away game on the coach you get the coach from the train station and in order to get on the F1 you go past Power Court and I've been tired of looking at the blue boards and things it's now a fantastic sort of regeneration of that sort of part of things. Uh, Tony, you mentioned a little while ago that um, all isn't going to end next Monday, regardless of what the decision is. Just for those people who are listening who don't understand, you know, the sort of nuances of the... Uh, of the you should realise I'm one of those people. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know we're not sort of experts ourselves, but, you know, you're probably, yeah. you've been involved in it enough to be a little bit more clued up than, you know, some that are listening. Just just go through, A, first of all, what is a JR? B, what would be the potential outcomes of that in terms of how long it would be delayed? And kind of what happens from Monday onwards? Okay, well, I, I, as, as I'm led to believe... Um, once a decision has been made um, on Monday, it cannot be rubber stamped. It has to be um, sent to the Secretary of State um, for for his 
yay or nay basically and, and, and that's a statutory thing isn't yes, it, it for is. because it's such a yeah. because the Newlands Park is such a big development um, if the Secretary of State uh, decides nothing no problem with it yep yeah, it can go ahead um, and he would write back to the council informing them yes, of his decision. similar to what happened with uh, Powell Court yeah. I mean he got back very very quickly um, on, regarding Powell Court um, a JR judicial review is something that um, an objector um, can apply for um, they have six weeks to do it and, and, and looking at capital and regional track record um, you can imagine you know, I can well believe that if they apply for a, a JR they'll do it on the very last day with half an hour to go to the to the time limit just because you know you, you can see their strategy is one of delay 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 um, what actually happens with that then a, a judge will decide whether there's a case and I'll, I'll go into what they can apply for what grounds they can do that um, and that judge will then say there's no case to answer, which which is then fine, or there is a case to answer. And I'm led to believe that if it goes to judicial review, it can be delayed for anything up to 18 months. Now, the, the, the grounds for a JR are if the legal procedures haven't been followed. So, for argument's sake, if, if there was a particular body that the council should have consulted but hadn't, um, then that is grounds for a JR. But one of the reasons why the applications have been delayed so long is so that the council can cross all the T's, dot all the I's and make sure everything's okay. However, you know, it, with such a big application, you know, you, you can't fully expect it to be 100% perfect. You know, somebody can make a mistake in there or, or whatever, but a judge will take that into account. If, if a mistake has been made, you know, a judge can look at it and think, well, actually, it doesn't affect the whole outcome. You know, so th there's very limited grounds that um, CNR can go for. I, I, I suspect that they will probably be pinning their hopes on the Secretary of State calling it in. You know, and if the Secretary of State calls it in, um, that can delay it again for 12 months, as far as I'm, I understand. Um, so that's why council needs to make it absolutely watertight, so you can understand all the delays and everything else. You know, as, as James said earlier, yeah, I, I, I firmly believe the councillor want this because they can see the benefits that this is going to give the town. And, you know, it, it, it's just one major objector who's objecting on their own narrow self-interest, on purely on selfishness, and they're, they're going under the cover of protecting the town centre and it's against national policy. Can I say that... If they go for a JR, 
that for me goes out of the water that the pretense that they're keeping up that we all know to be wrong is complete and utter nonsense because if they go for a JR they're essentially saying the council don't know what they're saying the people of Luton don't know what they're saying we know best and we're going to try and get this thrown out even though everyone wants it so if that is the case then you need to stop um, people need to stop treating them with kick gloves if at all they had been in the first place they're just um, a nasty outfit that just want their own way exactly and I, I, I was actually going to say James that you know if that's what they do um, for Lutonians and for the supporters of Luton the gloves are off now yeah. the gloves are off we've played nicely so far you know but you know if you look at history Luton fans can get Let's let, let's try to think of a diplomatic word here. Can get very aggressive, militant, militant. That is a good word. That's the word I was looking for, James. Thank you. It's always nice to have a journalist. I, that, that's why we've invited. Yeah, that's why um, we've invited. You know, so if, if Capital Regional think that they've seen everything that um, the people of this town can throw at them, they've got another thing coming. Mm. No, I totally. I, <clears throat> Let's wait and let's wait to see Monday and let's hope the decision goes right and then the first thing I'd just say to him is just just get real, just drop it because You've lost. We've lost and Luton wants this, everybody wants it. I mean the the, 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 the sad thing about it actually, James, is it it, it it's right from the start. They could have looked at this, seen it as the opportunity it it, it is, and been a part of it. Yep. They could you know, and, and the they could have gained from it but you know when, when you look at um, everything else that's in the background you know like they keep pushing about Newlands Park being a retail park a retail park only one third of it is retail it's mainly going to be um, a business park there's going to be offices there there's going to be a hotel there you know that, yes there's going to be leisure there but then when you think of Capital and Regional, their development at the Marlows, Leisure, a new cinema, so there's going to be two cinemas in Hemel, so can Hemel really afford two cinemas? You see, the, the, the double standards, the hypocrisy is absolutely unbelievable. And that's what we've had to put up with for so long from these people now, you know, mm. the contradictions... Well, they, they became laughable a long time ago, but now they're actually becoming tedious, tiresome, and they're re and those, those contradictions are actually holding our town back. And it's not fair on the people that live in Luton, like yourselves, and and it's also not fair on you know those of us who support the football club, those of us who want to go into Luton and spend our evenings there and everything else, and we just can't do that at the moment. But if this is passed through, we will be allowed to do that. And so what would your message be? If you had Lawrence Hutchins right in front of us right now, James, obviously restraining yourself in terms of violence, but what, what, would, your, what would your message be to him to uh, un get him to understand the, the situation after Monday? I'd point out to the guy that he is on record... Uh, his voice is on record. You can't be, you can't twist that. His voice is on record when he spoke to Justin Bailey, where he said, we'll never stop defending the 2,500 jobs that exist in the mall. Well, they failed in that already because M&S is going. Debenhams could be next. Maplin's gone in that point. They've, they've put the rents up so high that 
HMV buggered off, got out of town. They're not. They, they never were and never have been interested in protecting the jobs in their own shopping centre. Otherwise, they've done a hell of a lot better than they have done. The reason those shops are going uh, is because it's an unattractive place to go. They, if you take MS, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but if you take MS, for example, that's a national policy they've got to get to offload some of their stores. But why are they looking at Luton? Luton's the fourth biggest town in the country with a massive population. Why would they look at Luton? The only reason is because A, it shuts at six o'clock and nobody wants to go in there anyway. It's a horrible, horrible prospect. So they think, well, get rid of that. And that's down to C&R. They could, have, they could have sorted that out. They could have changed that, but they're not interested. So I'd point out to them that that's nonsense for a start. And if that's all they're going to hang on to going after this Monday decision, that they're still trying to protect the town, what town? I live in the town centre, dead. When I was younger, it was alive. There were pubs, bars. Yeah, that's not all CNR's fault. There's other circumstances, but they could do a hell of a lot more to try and help the situation. And they don't. The town is dead. And Newman's Park and Power Court will revitalise it. And that man should not be standing in the way. Their company should not be standing in the way. They are the custodians of that mall. One day they'll be gone. We want them to be gone soon. I mean, once this decision comes in, that's it. Their reputation is destroyed in this town. People have started realising, and that's another reason why they've started blocking people on Twitter, because people have got their number. Their reputation is absolutely damaged, and if they had any business sense, considering the, the, the share price, how it's plummeted over the last year, they'd be wanting to fix that. They, they, they should stop spending money on reports that contradict their own reports <laughs> and and go against everything that Luton people want, Lutonians want. And um, they should spend a bit more of that time, money and effort and trying to um, improve their own proposition because it's absolutely failing. What can you add to that, Tony? I'd just like to say, well said, James. I- a hundred percent in agreement with you, and and if I could get in front of Lawrence, um, my second word would be off. Um, being nice, I'd say piss off. Um, you know, you need to realise and bloody damn quick that this town is no longer going to be your cash cow. So piss off out of our town, you hypocritical bunch of wasters. <laughs> Well, well said, both of you. It was, uh, it was good, uh, good listening to that. Um, just to get your, your your sort of last thoughts then on Monday. We, uh, me and you, did a podcast before the power court um, decision. J- uh, James Tony was ill for for that one, um, and you said that you know that was going to be an evening of celebration, and it was much the same on Monday. Bigger, yeah. And, uh, Tony and I allowed ourselves a, a quick pint afterwards in the pub didn't we but, um, and there'll be a few sore heads on Tuesday I reckon yeah I'll be joining you two uh, on Monday actually I didn't do the power court one um, but well, I eventually got a point once I managed to get away from the hordes of media yeah what, what, what I'd say if, uh, to any publican in town actually if you want to make a killing um, there's going to be a shortage of places you're not going to get into the town halls don't try and go there but do go to town centre I reckon and um, go into a pub and if you're a publican 
get that feed on your screen because it'd be it's broadcast on the internet you can do it there's no problem and get people in there and have that party atmosphere I mean it's going to be pretty dull for an hour or two maybe two hours when, they, when, the, when the, the chair just reads the entire report again and then they quibble about conditions for a while but once uh, it starts hotting up and once we get to the end it's going to be a massive cause for celebration and I can just see you won't want to miss that so I think you won't get into the town you won't get into town forget about that but just come do come to the town centre and enjoy it because when people get out of that town hall there's going to be one big, one big celebration. I think the objectors bit should be quite entertaining. Yeah. What arguments they put, and, and you know, hearing 2020s representatives pulling them apart, that should be entertaining. I'm quite looking forward to it. And your message for after the uh, after the verdict? Celebrate. Have a beer. Yeah. Or five or six or seven. Six or seven. I wake think up I, with a bad head on Tuesday morning yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you but I, I, I'm looking forward to the, this this part of it being over like you say I think it'll probably go on for a bit longer but this part of it being over because for one I need a kip <laughs> I've probably only been sleeping four or five hours a night um, with all this extra stuff that's been going on So welcome, welcome to the club Jones yeah yeah and so a bit of kip would be nice um, and I'll start that off with a, um, a bit of kick needed because I've got a hangover. Yeah, so if you are in one of the boozers in town after the uh, after the meeting and you see a poor fella in the corner who's, you know, getting 40 wins, that's James, just leave him be. I've, got, I've got stamina, Kim, I can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, our, our overriding message here is, you know, Monday's a massive, massive, massive day. I mean, I can't say enough massives. I'd be going on for an hour if I said how... How, how massive it we, is to, to highlight that I mean everybody was delighted that uh, power got, got approved uh, if you're a fan of football you've got a new stadium if you're a fan of music you've got a massive music venue the likes is, is, there's nothing like that um, this side of you know, London for 20 25 miles if you like shops bars restaurants places to go nice public spaces the River League coming out if you like all that you'd have been delighted by that power court result but it ultimately hangs on this if you think that it will get built or anything this is needed it's going to provide a crucial amount of funding to get that sorted the amount of money it's going to cost to decontaminate that land is going to be about the same as it's going to cost to build a stadium it's going to take a long time and that's why Newlands Park is needed so that is why you need to get on board with this and support it because no news part, no power court. Absolutely. We've been doing this podcast now for near on two years and all of the big days and the great days that Luton Town Football Club have had in that time, Tony, all pale into insignificance in comparison to Monday. It's, it is the future. It is, yeah. Without these two developments, the, the, the future for both the town and the football club are pretty bleak. Thank you both for your opinions on that. Here's hoping that the council agree. I'm sure they will. Here's hoping that Monday is that celebration that we're all planning it to be. And um, and here's to uh, everything that the future holds on that. Let's start concentrating on the football itself then, gents. Um, in many ways, it was a quiet February, wasn't it? You know, we didn't have too many midweek matches. Sun- it was Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday. Just the four games. And I don't think you you could say that the town were ever in top gear, James. But we did enough and got ten points from the twelve, and nobody can really argue with that. 
the sort of form we've always wanted in, in previous months gone by when we've given them big targets to try and get just get the job done really and they have um, the, the, the game against Rochdale was a case in point I mean it was not Luton's fault per se the Rochdale were a bottom of the league scrapping team came here to spoil and time waste like you would not believe I mean Wickham <laughs> would have to take some notes of the way they time wasted um, but you know I always felt that once the goal came that the result would be assured it's just I was a bit worried whether the goal would come or not because there were some really great chances Stacey got through one on one got tackled Pelly had a golden chance even closer in um, and missed the target so um, it was one of those days where you're thinking this could go I didn't think it would go wrong awry perhaps because the goalie was also having a bit of a worldie as well when he, when he wasn't times yeah. <laughs> time wasting and getting have you ever seen anyone get booked for time wasting the first half halfway through the first half that was, that was unreal yeah it? I mean it was I mean he was he would properly try it on he, I could see from the press box he had a smile on his face every time he moved from one spot to the other and got booked but um, yeah Luton did the, Luton did the job uh, and in the end it looked quite comfortable so um, more of that in the season be quite happy uh, James mentioned Wickham there Tony that was where the month started at home to Wickham it actually seems a little while ago with everything that's gone on between now and then uh, uh, maybe one of the reasons for that is that the game actually finished at an earthly hour for once against them uh, although they tried to tie West in the first half once we scored that goal there was only ever one winner of the game and uh, a lovely little bit of gloss added at the end with two summer uh, sorry two January signings combining to add a bit of the icing on the cake well I must admit to being in smug mode regarding the uh, Wickham result as you probably knew it would be Kev mm-hmm. um, it was great and despite his best efforts at the end of the game I don't think uh, Mr Ainsworth is going to get the job as Luton manager um, yeah it's great and plus the signings as well as we, as we said earlier and what an impact George Moncur has made I mean that free kick up at Fleetwood was absolutely brilliant you know I, d- I don't think any keeper in the world would have got to that no, perfect no, free a, kick absolutely not and it, it I'm giving so much credit to James Justin I was just about to say it's the second second team in a row that fell hook, line and sinker for his dummy you you can just see it coming they'll line up to do that again and the opposition will be expecting Justin to run over the ball and he won't he'll he'll ping it in the top corner (laughs) himself yeah absolutely Uh, 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 absolutely Uh, actually um, that Wickham game was the only 10 minutes so far we've seen of Jason Cummins and what uh, 10 minutes well yeah if it's the only 10 minutes we do see of him then you know two assists just lit the place up straight away I mean took the ball to the defence well he he went round all of the defence for the first assist didn't he could have scored himself good save from the keeper to be fair I've always thought Wickham's keeper was good he just don't move particularly quick Um, you know Moncur had a simple tap in and then pretty much similar for the second one you know our third on the afternoon another great assist from Cummins and what Moncur found the top corner lovely in that brilliant brilliant 10 minutes it, it was and if um, if Cummings' first touch is like that in all walks of life then he's, he's probably got some very lucky women in his life <laughs> yeah yeah you you know you painted a picture there that I didn't really didn't really need to see I've got to be honest with you and on, and on that touch we'll move on to uh, to Fleetwood where as you said Tony George Moncur lit the place up with um, his cricket actually Pelly scored that afternoon as well 
Oh, classic goal. Potentially question marks goal. over the goalkeeper, but who cares about that? You know, um, it, it was good to see him on the score sheet, particularly as it happened two days after you and I spoke to uh, Andrew Shinney and Alan McCormack at the training ground, and they both said all Pelly needs to be, you know, an absolute superstar is to add goals to his game. Barely mm. 50 minutes later, in playing terms, yeah. there it is. Mm. And uh, help, brother, go. Oh, massively helped by the goalkeeper. At least he got it on target. His after-match interview was quite fun as well. When he said it was a worldie, it was either because he he keeper made a mistake or the fact that the ball was moving too quick for him, which I I thought was quite funny. But um, that Fleetwood game, what, what was nice to see was they set out to basically kick lumps out of us and, and try and get reaction from our side but the, the guys didn't they didn't react to it they just got up got on with the game and throughout the whole month as, as you said earlier Kev we, we weren't at the top of our game but we're winning you know we're um, we're not playing particularly well but we're winning Hint. I think on Saturday we didn't play particularly well. Um, the f- when we played Coventry the previous week, I, I, I didn't, we weren't at the top of our game. But having said that, we were still unlucky not to win that game because in the second half it was just pure one-way traffic. Oh, chance after chance after chance, wasn't it? Yeah. I think Alan McCormack's still wondering how he didn't score in stoppage time of that game. I, I thought, you yeah. know... You, you, it, it couldn't have been Collins or... Hilton that the ball was for it had to be Helen, you know. But and, and he probably didn't realise he had as much time as he as, as he did. I mean he could have taken a touch and picked his spot and you know, I was dead in line with it and the whole of the goal to his left hand side was gaping and he put it in the one place where the keeper was gonna be. So but what was nice it was his reaction when he came off afterwards he was absolutely gutted mm. that he hadn't you know uh, scored and taken the points for us we had an entertaining afternoon really Macca didn't we because he uh, put James Shea into trouble in the first half yeah. where you know to all intents and purposes they've given away a penalty but thankfully the referee disagreed yeah. and, and, and then that well, no, I, the I think they if the forward hadn't have made such a meal of it they'd have got the penalty mm. it was because it was the, the theatrical dive over you know it was it was a penalty it should have been a penalty that's what I thought from yeah. where I was sat but we, we should have had one as well yeah Danny Hilton's clearly Danny Hilton was half. taken out just like on, on, on Saturday he was as well yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. But I think it's his reputation, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. Uh, just on that Coventry game, another one where the goalkeeper helped us out. To be fair, with our goal, I've absolutely no idea what he was doing. He's worse than the, the Fleetwood one. Um, good to see Pearson score, and good to see us playing some really nice football against a side that played some nice football themselves. Actually, you know, it's not always that, that was the only game in the month where the opposition came to play. The rest of them, they all came, like Tony says, kick us off the park and frustrate us. So it was just refreshing to watch a game. Uh, probably, I know we didn't win it, but a nice game of football to watch. I'm sure those watching on Sky, considering the two games that followed it were both nil-nil, boring until Chelsea's goalkeeper decided that he was going to create his one-man stance and not come off. Mm. I'm sure the people on Sky enjoyed enjoyed that game too. Yeah, I do think Luton should have won though because they had the chances, um, whereas... Coventry not so much uh, that one that 
I mean, I, I was kicking myself, obviously, for commentators' curse because um, they had one strike on the pitch. He went off injured, and then they brought a midfielder on. Oh, you didn't, did you? I tweeted about it oh, to say, "Now I've got a strike on the pitch," and it didn't last long because he, he went and scored straight away. But, Pretty much yeah, with his yeah, first yeah, touch. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Apart from that, it would have been a perfect month, Tony. <laughs> yeah, my fault. Yes. Sorry. Yes. At least you made up for it on Saturday because when Calvin Andrew came on, you didn't do nothing, nothing similar. I, I left uh, just in case he did something, but he didn't. He did a proper Calvin Andrew. And turned up and was rubbish. But, you know, he goes like, I think he scored six goals in the last two or three years. It's just a appalling record. How he's still, how he's <laughs> even on their bench? Yeah, yeah. crazy. Isn't it? I, I mean, I don't remember him being as big as he is now. Very big. You know, yeah, I know he's very big. To Akin Fenwa territory now, isn't he? But he's <laughs> not far away. <laughs> you're right. But one thing I did want to mention. Regarding the game, we're top of the league. Oh, I'm glad you're going to bring this we're, up. We're, we're, we haven't lost since October. Yet people are still moaning. I can't. I, I honestly can't believe it. What, what do people expect? You know. Um, well, on we, Saturday, actually, there was it, was. it was actually worse than that, wasn't it? People were actually booing. Yeah. When Kazenga Lua was taking the ball towards the corner. Now, we're one nil up in a game that's been really tricky you know they've been snapping at our ankles we've had to take Pelly off because he's obviously been getting some stick that we don't really need him to get over the rest of the season Shinny was about to follow as well until we scored you know these kind of games just kill them off just win the game kill them off if that involves going to the corner and winning the game the end result is getting promotion and we just need to win that now this team over the last 18 months have treated us to some magnificent football truly magnificent football even this season you know Plymouth at home we were we were awesome that first half against Portsmouth will not be beaten for a hell of a long time you know just for the odd five minutes at the end of a really tricky game just because Rochdale are bottom just because they're crap just because they've conceded 250 goals in the last two weeks or whatever it is but doesn't make it any but any didn't, less different didn't Luar make them look stupid well he was brilliant wasn't he because he put a throw in and Collins took that so well didn't a- absolutely. he absolutely but I mean the, 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 this whole thing I mean you know this team have earned know, a little bit of patience yes, from us yes they have I mean Sometimes I, 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 I hear supporters and they get real. You know, when, when a player makes a mistake, you know, they're straight away slagging them off. And I'm thinking, no player goes out there to make a mistake. They're only human at the end of the day. You know, and, and they've been picked to, to play. And even a player who's sick, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in bad form, I've been picked to play, he's not going to turn around to the manager and go, don't pick me. But they go out there. But people have got to remember, there's not just Luton on the pitch. You know, the, the opposition's not going to roll over and, and say, there you go, there's the win. You know, we're playing sides that are going to be scrapping for their lives. And, you know, Rochdale... They they put the effort in and everything else, and, and, and they had a game plan and they came unstuck. But if you look at the previous game with Coventry, yeah, it was near enough one-way traffic in, in, in the second half. But Coventry, I thought, dug in and defended really well. You know, so there's no easy games. Yes, people say we've got the easier running out of the, our promotion rivals. 
but it's still going to be hard you know even the bottom club when we play them when we're at home yeah people think easy three points no easy three points they're going to be scrapping for everything and come on you know as you said Kev give them a break you know because getting on people's backs and being negative is so self-destructive you know if that starts getting to the players you know and 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 we bomb you know then you'll have something to moan and whinge about you know let's 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 take this ride for what it is none of us expected to be in the position we're in so let's just you know get behind them and and help to get the team across the line yeah in those tough moments you know we can really encourage the players and you know like we did at south end in the last couple of minutes when they threw from some balls into our box you know we can be the difference both Shinny and McCormack both said that to us uh, in the last podcast uh, James um, let's move on away from the uh, can, can I just say something on that of course actually? you can <clears throat> because uh, there's a wonderful wonderful article written recently by Kevin Crow that I'd urge everyone to read it it's yeah. just a sensational piece of writing on the left midfield blog and I can't I couldn't do it justice talking here without reading it out verbatim but essentially the gist of it is this could be as good as it gets in terms of um, the club as a whole in, in a great way the team playing fantastic football above expectation the stats are out of this world like just saw today that James Shea has made 50 appearances for Luton and he's kept a clean sheet in exactly half of those games brilliant Danny Hilton's scored a goal in every two point something games. Collins are almost the same. Um, the defence has racked up 20 odd um, clean sheets. They're scoring for fun. They don't need to keep um, scoring loads of goals for any more goal difference because they've got the best goal difference in the league. Um, their points tally is fantastic. They're 22 games unbeaten now. They've just got to go five more games to equal that record of the conference and to be a hell of a lot better achievement because it's two divisions up so yeah I think people do have to just get a bit real and just just enjoy this man it is this is as good as it has ever been for me I don't know if yeah, I speak for older people no, I'm here. Um, and it could be as good as it ever gets so just enjoy it yeah absolutely and listen as, as I said this football team have been fantastic for 18 months two years maybe even slightly longer than that the next 11 games in this promotion run for me anyway and I hope for, I speak on behalf of all Luton fans it's now result above performance if performance comes along with it hey I'm not going to you know be ashamed of that that would be fantastic but I'll take 11 more Saturdays in exchange for you know your fives and your sixes of earlier in the season quite happily because now that target is right there we've just got to reach out and grab it but it's the hardest thing to do actually isn't it to go and get there it's easy to get yourself on the pedestal to be there mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. but to, as we found out last season but to go and actually grab it you know we need to encourage these boys and get them over the line and if they've got to go in the corner and you know run a clock down every now and again then hey Kazenga you get in exactly, that corner Kev. and you run it down exactly Kev. Yeah. you know I, I, I think the fact that they um, fell away last season and allowed Accrington to take the title I think they'll have learned from that you know um, it's in our hands 
It's a far better Arnold. squad as well. Yeah, far better squad. It's just brilliant. Isn't it? I mean, there's just options all over the place. You're just wondering how they can fit people in. And we talked about Cummins earlier. How is he going to get in? They've got Connolly coming in on what Monday? Monday week. Yeah. Monday week. How is he going to get in? Um, Hilton's now scored a goal. You, I could. You, you, I would expect his confidence to shoot high up. He was mm. trying things that weren't quite coming off, but he's a confidence player. And, mm. and, you know, must be green with envy. Yeah. <laughs> Collins is in unbelievable form and in my opinion is going to get I mean we're recording this on a Monday and the Republic of Ireland selection comes out on a Thursday and I fully expect him to be in that um, squad I think he's nailed on there's we should get some sort of commission to his wages, though, shouldn't we? Because we're, you know, we've sung his praises for yeah, eighteen yeah. months now. You know, yeah, nobody even cared about him. Even Luton fans were a bit hang about 12, 12, 18 months ago. We, you know, mm. we, we should be on something here. Mm. He, he, he is at the moment. He is sensational. His link-up play, even if he didn't score at the weekend, was fantastic well I've seen all 23 teams in this league now I've been home I've been away there ain't a striker in this league that I'm swapping in with no there ain't one yeah and when you consider that some fans at the start of the season were questioning whether he could cut it in league one I think what he's done this season I've no worries about him in the championship well I was just about to say my only question now is how many is he going to score in the championship because he'll be absolutely fine and actually when he goes off to Republic of Ireland and I completely agree with you he's going to spend a week training with Robbie Keane a genuine goal scoring icon and you know if he's not going to learn even what I mean obviously he's learned so much under Mick you can tell by the way he moves in the box and everything now but if he doesn't learn under a couple of weeks with Robbie Keane mm-hmm. that's just going to benefit us for April and May even more I mean you know this guy's about to go from I mean he's fantastic now he's about to go from strength to an even bigger strength well, he's just bagged his 20th goal of the season last season he got 19 he was absolutely gutted he didn't make that mark he said that promotion obviously was the top goal and they got that but then on a personal level he wished he'd got 20 now he's reached 20 there are 10 11 games 11 to go games, yeah. 11 games to go he 10, can, 10 for him he'll miss Doncaster when yeah. he considering he's got a goal scoring record of 1 in every 2 point something odd he could get 25 26 easy and yeah. that is a fantastic return well, for I him. said in the last podcast I can see him getting 30 yeah because he scores them in bunches as well he could get a hat trick here and there and yeah it's and, fantastic and just on Colo Tony I believe he's your player of the month for February yes Yes, I, I, it, it's difficult to choose one, to be honest with you, because there's been so many of them have, have been playing well. Alan McCormack, um, Matty Pearson, Sonny Bradley, Andrew Shinney, Jack Stacey, James Justin. You could put all the names in a hat and just pick one out, but I think for consistency and for his work rate, for me, it's James Collins. And you've gone with another one that um, Tony mentioned just there. Uh, uh, well, the midfielder that we had on the, on the podcast last month, Andrew Shinney. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough choice, really, because I, the other one I was going to say was Jack Stacey. Yeah, we'll come been, on to him in a, yeah, in a short while. Yeah, I think he's been sensational. And for me, he was the man of the match against Rochdale. But for consistency, um, it has to, for me, it has to be Andrew Shinney. And then when you look at the players he's keeping on the bench, from a player that was only utilised at home in League Two and didn't seem to be able to cut it, he has come on leaps and bounds and now he's, he does everything. He, some of the balls he was playing against Rochdale, nobody else was playing those on the park. He was cutting 
three or four players out of the out of the play with just one incisive ball and he was involved in everything and, and he's also got a bit of uh, roughness in him as well he'll, he'll, he'll get involved and he'll get stuck in and like his yellow card against Rochdale yeah, yeah. if he connected with that the player was going to end up with you in the press box <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I mean there are, there are there's quite a lot of players in this squad who have kicked on unbelievably in the last 18 months and, and you know some of the credit's down to Nathan before and, and, and you've got to say that Mick's carried it on Chinny's one of the um, people that have come from almost nowhere to be this good because he, was, he wasn't that, at that level last season Tony, I really enjoyed our chat with him actually last yeah. month down at the training ground and I hope everyone who listened uh, enjoyed it likewise. But what I, as I said to him on at that podcast, what I really can see from Shinny is he's clearly loving his football right now and he just wants that ball, doesn't he? He said it, didn't he? You he know, said he's he he, he, loving his tournament. And, and he just wants that football and me personally, when he gets the ball, I'm on the edge of my seat because he's going to create something. Something's going to happen. He's either going to shoot, he's going to put Pelly through like on Saturday. He's going to do that amazing pass to Jack Stacey on Saturday where he looked one way and sent him through completely the other. I mean, this is a guy not just enjoying his football, but he's on top of his game. And this 22-match unbeaten run that we're on, you know, he's done a hell of a lot in that. You know, it should be acknowledged. Yeah, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, it just makes you question Birmingham City's judgment doesn't it you know yeah, he, totally. he, he I mean he, he was one of the players that was bought for the championship yeah. not championship league, league one, one yeah. you know uh, with a view in mind because he did he, he did struggle in, in patches and, and as he said when we spoke to him he was really disappointed that he was left out of the side he did he, he hardly featured in the running at all um, but I think in, he's, he's actually learned from that and uh, you can see now with his game and how he's playing you can never drop that guy from the team you know he, he's um, he's the creative heart of the team and uh, the fact that he, he's getting a perhaps a little bit more time on the ball a little bit more space you know than he, than he got in League 2 he's making the most of it and of course we're, we're benefiting from that I, I, I personally can't wait to see him play in the Championship and I think the opposition are realising this as well, James, because you know they're targeting him slightly now. Fleetwood, yeah, he seemed to have a target on his Achilles the amount of times that they went in. And Rochdale had a booking after 25 seconds on Saturday for taking him out. Yeah. You know, teams know that he's the man that you've got to stop. In but he, he, he has got the right attitude though, because you can see he gets that and 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 he gets up and it's like, I'll show you. Mm. You know, we're going to win we're going to score and that's the way to punish them isn't it that's what I mean to say he's got a bit of toughness about him because he just gets knocked down and gets up again and it's a more credit to him if uh, opposition teams are targeting him because they know what he can do and you're going to have to I don't think you can I'm not sure you can really mark him off out, of, out of the game because he, he'll find something well, he's just so clever isn't he yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, he would have been uh, my player of the month if the roles were reversed and you was asking me um, that question. Uh, one of the good things about the club right now, chaps, is the wealth of talent that we've got in attacking areas. And that brings us on to our first player focus for the month, uh, because Danny Hilton's back in the side now. He came back in the side when Kazengaluar uh, got injured and he got his first goal on Saturday. But there are an awful lot of people, rightly or wrongly, who wouldn't pick him 
I'm not going to ask you whether you would. Um, you know, I think the evidence is, is is there for all to see how well we play with him and Collins up front, as opposed to when Collins is with someone else. But where are we at with Danny Hill and James? Well, uh, people are, for some reason, questioning him. And we said mentioned earlier about his goal scoring record. I think it's 56 and 114 appearances, which is phenomenal. And he he was the talisman for that team in League Two. He and even in the season when they just fell short in the playoffs, he dragged that team through and he was the man that popped up with important goals and or, or linked the play and was so instrumental in uh, that counter-attacking style. I think he's probably just suffered because of the quality of the, the other players in the team. He's obviously got himself sent off twice and a couple of bands. He wasn't quite fit enough at the start of the season and so obviously had to catch up. And he probably had to play catch up for the whole of the season. But the man has been slightly off it for me in the last couple of games. But, as I said earlier, I think that goal will do him the world world of good. Because it it wasn't that he wasn't trying, he wasn't running about, he wasn't trying to work things. They just weren't quite coming off. For some reason, people were getting on his back for trying things, and I think that's a really disappointing attitude that British football supporters have, to be quite honest, not just Luton, that if you try something it doesn't quite work, then you should berate them for some reason, because there are an awful lot of players that stroll about on the pitch and don't try anything. They're just safe, and they'll knock it like three or four-yard passes. Um, and he's not that he's not He's not going to shy away and he will try his hardest so it's a bit it's a bit of a strange one this season where he's been getting some stick um, on social media and, and the game as well I just don't see it myself I just think people that um, you know need, need to take a, a larger view of the whole situation of the, the team and give their head a little bit of a wobble because he's not had that run of games yeah, big picture. Big, big, big picture I, mean, I, thing. I, I think he's been very unlucky this season. Um, you know, but he, he's an effective player, uh, and, and he's a good footballer. Danny is. Um, One I, thing I'm, I'd like to see more regularly is probably the three up front getting involved well you, you look at there was one early on in the game on, on Saturday there was one where he played a reverse pass to um, Pelly who back heeled it and I think it ended up with the ball going just wide whereas if, if that had actually gone in the net at that point they'd have been raving about that goal because mm. you, you look and, and Danny he, he does see things and he makes the run and generally you know when, when opposition fans hate one of your players I think that's a great thing because you know underneath it all they'd all love to have him in their team yeah. And it, he has made a hell of a difference to us, Danny Hilton. He, 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 I, I just love that the opposition defence are so worried about him that it leaves plenty of opportunities for, for other players. You know, he's been a classic example of, 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 of the great squad we've got at the moment where there's players chomping at the bit to take your place. He's been suspended because he's been sent off. And then you've had, you know, players like Harry Cornick stepping in and you've also had, uh, you know, Kazenga Loire Loire. And they've t- made the most of it. But ha- again, I think, you know, when 
Danny returning, um, he, again, he's had that bit of luck because Harry Cornick got injured, Kazenga picked up a, 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 a slight injury, so he's back in the team. But I, I think his worth to the team and what he brings to the team, you know, far outweighs any negatives that there are. But are we a better side with him in it, James? When he's on form, yeah, but he's got to get up to that form. You can't, you can't play in those hours or just play in the training matches and expect to get there. You've got to get him in the team, and he's worth it when he does, because he'll try things a lot of, perhaps until Kazenga got there, a lot of other players wouldn't try, and he is he is a different player to Collins because Collins you need to give him the service and he'll stick it away, but Hilton can create stuff on his own, um, and you saw. He was just, you could see he was slightly off it when he did get in one on one with the last defender on Saturday and it just didn't quite go for him. If he's on form, Danny Hill turns that man inside out and gets in on goal. Um, but like I say, I think that, that goal's doing the world of good. And it was a proper poacher's finish because he reacted really quickly to that one. There was no way Pelly was getting there before. <laughs> I, I think, to be fair, I think Danny is probably the first one that had turned round and say he's not been at his best this season. You know, and it happens. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get behind Danny. He's, uh, he's a focal part of everything that we've done over the last two years and I'm sure he will be over the next two months. Another um, player I want to focus on, uh, and we, actually we probably don't focus on him enough on this podcast. I think we, we probably have to accept that we're guilty of that is Jack Stacey who is just quietly having an absolute blinding season mm. he's a sensational um, fullback attacker he's got it all the guy has got bags of energy just runs for fun just does not seem to get tired he is that rabbit that was in that battery advert back in the day isn't he, he is that, isn't I, I, I thought it was quite telling actually when um, we, we had that chat with Andrew Shinney and he turned around and he, he, we were talking about Jack Stacey and he turned around and he said what sums Jack up he said he's, in the last few minutes he said I'll get the ball in, um, in in the midfield he said we're looking to see the game out and play it tight and he said no look and there's Jack still bombing up down the wing expecting the ball through so I, I think the guy's got such a tremendous engine on him and where he gets the energy from well Sunderland away was the point in question wasn't it I mean we're down to 10 men everyone's you know blowing out their asses, and all of a sudden he's gone charging 60 yards down the pitch and looking around like where is everyone and they're like no 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 yeah. <laughs> you know you, you, you crack on it's not only just his energy there, there are a lot of players that I imagine could, could keep up with that energy level but you've got to match quality with it as well and he is another player that's trained on so much this season his final ball his final decisions a lot better he's braver when he's one on one with a player the amount of times he gets to the byline and cuts back is just manner from heaven from people like James Collins um, Luton have pulled off an absolute coup to keep him at the club because he, he had one foot out the door um, is it in the summer? In the summer, yeah. yeah. One yeah. foot out the door in the summer. I mean, he and and he's not sulked either, you know, because that would be a fantastic move for him to go to West Brom. He's got on with it, and he's he's, he's he is sensational. And that's why it was such a hard choice to choose between him and uh, Shinny. Uh, and you're right, we don't talk about him enough. Um, we probably talked about James Justin a lot because he's one of our one own, of our own, yeah. but. Um, 
the 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 and you probably have to give give Mick Harford a bit of credit for this for spotting him as he spotted a lot of players that um, move and that deal to bring Jack Stacey has opened up so much about the way Luton play because him and Justin in phenomenal this season and, and so much of it goes through them and then you've got the likes of Shinny play down the middle which is why which is why Luton have surprised me so much and podcast after podcast they've just busted my expectations and now they're there rightfully because they've got so many different ways to hurt you at all aspects of the pitch and it's goals all over the pitch oh, it's well. wonderful to see and he'll get on the score sheet again soon as well, won't he? I mean, he went through, like you said earlier, on Saturday. And it was only the fact that the ball didn't roll nicely and it got stuck under his feet that the defender got back. But, you know, when I he's think one from one hearing, one. hearing uh, the word on the street, uh, for want of a better phrase, is that the pitch was quite heavy and a bit sticky. So it, wasn't, it didn't quite... Yeah, yeah it did. Quite the ball a few was slowing up yeah. as he was running through on goal, wasn't it? But, yeah. I mean, Tony, what a sign-in, what a player. And uh, just another one, he's just going to be completely at home in the next division. Consistent as well. So consistent. And so young. Yeah. We kind of forget that as well, you know. Everyone mentions about JJ because he's young and fantastic. But, you know, Jack Stacey, he's not a great deal older and he's every bit as good. I mean, it's it's because of Jack Stacey that James Justin's left back this season, isn't mm, it? Yeah. You know, mm. most other right backs would be playing second fiddle to James Justin and he's keeping Potts out who was fabulous last season let's face it I mean Luton have done themselves a, a world of good because they've, they've managed it's, it's rare that you can manage to accumulate that many good players to all come good at the same time but the fact that they've got such a golden opportunity to get into the championship should unless huge money comes in for these players keep these players but we're hanging on to them anyway yeah. James which, which is fantastic and all these players as well it, 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 it's not like they're older players you know getting on in their careers these are all young players who are just going to get better and better and Fantastic, and he's. Act- I mean, we've both interviewed him, haven't we? He's actually a really nice kid as well. Which yeah. I know in the grand scheme, things don't mean a lot on the football pitch, but actually, it's nice to see nice kids get rewarded with their talent and, be, and you know, just being just seeing nice people do well. It's yeah. part of Luton's recruitment process, anyway, isn't it? To look at their character as well, and you have to say that they've done a blinding job in that because that whole the whole team is so united that. Um, that's got to be worth a couple of extra points. Just the, if there's infighting within the team, you can look to the well, that, that, du- the Dutch sides of the nineties because they were full of stars and yeah. they just couldn't play together. I, I mean, that's what um, Maka was saying, wasn't it? They're, they're no bad eggs in the dressing room. They're all together, which is great. Which is great, and I, and I think that that helps to keep players at the club as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, listen, we're saluting um, Jack Stacey here, both on his on his ability and fantastic season he's had and when we come to picking our players of the season at the end of uh, the campaign he's certainly going to be in the conversation that's for sure and now you've uh, heard from us three quite a bit in the last hour or so so let's just change tact slightly Uh, we're going to hand over to Simon Pitts Uh, his stats piece has become a regular feature on the podcast enjoyed by many listeners who get in touch with us so Simon it's over to you Thanks a lot, Kev. Yes, and here I am for another stats update, and we're starting with James Collins, who scored his 20th league goal of the season in the 2-0 win against Rochdale. 
He's the first Luton player to have achieved this feat since, well, Danny Hilton last season and in 2017-18 when he scored 21 goals in League Two. Andre Gray netted 30 league goals in the conference winning campaign of 2013-14, whilst the last time Luton were in League One, back in 2007-08 season, the top league scorer then was Matt Spring with just nine, followed by Paul Furlong with eight. Collins already has three more than these players added together. He's also passed Steve Howard's 18 goals in the League One champion side of 2004-05. The next target is perhaps Tony Thorpe's 28 goals in the 96-97 campaign, again at this level. But Collins has just 11 games to achieve this. Or has he? As any call up to the island side would mean him missing the Doncaster home game on the 23rd of March. Talking of this international call-up, we certainly hope that Colo does get the recognition he deserves, and by the time you're listening to this, you may well know. I thought I would have a quick review of previous international appearances by Luton Town players, though, just as something different. So, of the 49 players to have previously played for their country whilst a registered Luton Town player, Luke Gambin is the most recent, with nine appearances for Malta since joining the Hatters, although it's nearly a year since his last appearance for the country. Paddy McCourt made just one substitute appearance for Northern Ireland during the 2015 season. And before that, you have to go back to Steve Robinson, also featuring for Northern Ireland back in November 2007. I am, of course, only counting full internationals, as I'm fully aware several Luton players were included in the England C team during our non-league days. In the championship seasons between 2005 and 2007, Luton actually had four internationals. As well as Robinson, there was Marcus Heikkinen of Finland, Carlos Edwards, Trinidad and Tobago, and Warren Feeney, also Northern Ireland. Edwards, of course, featured in the World Cup in 2006, including playing against England, and thus becoming only the third Luton player to have actually played in World Cup finals. Sid Owen was the first in 1954, followed by Mal Donaghy in both 1982 and 86. If Collins does get that call-up, and the appearance, he'll be the first player to represent the Republic of Ireland since Ashley Grimes featured in a friendly against Romania back in March 1988. Back to present day then, and after the victory over Rochdale, James Shea currently has the highest percentage of clean sheets for any goalkeeper making 10 or more Luton Town appearances. With 24 clean sheets from 50 appearances, it's 48% with James, for James, with the next highest, Kevin Pilkington, having 14 clean sheets from 33 appearances, which is 42.4%. Mark Tyler has the most clean sheets of any Luton goalkeeper, 119 from his 297 appearances, just over 40%. Whilst England international Ron Bainham kept 91 clean sheets in over 400 Luton appearances. It's perhaps no surprise that Shea also has the lowest number of goals conceded per game, again, assuming a minimum of 10 games played. 0.72 goals per game comfortably beats the 0.94 that Christian Walton in second place achieved whilst on loan, with 31 conceded from his 33 appearances. Next comes Tyler with 285 conceded from 297, giving him 0.096 goals per game whilst Kevin Pilkington also keeps it below one per game with 32 from 33 appearances. 
Previously, Gibbon and Bailey are the only two other players in the club's history to also have this record of conceding less than a goal a game on average. When you consider that Luton have averaged 1.43 goals conceded in each of their 5,473 competitive games played to date, this is a very impressive statistic for those goalkeepers. Although, of course, it is a team game, so they can't take all the credit. Luton have kept 1,464 clean sheets in competitive matches, meaning it's around one in four games when the opposition don't score. This season in the league, it's 16 clean sheets from 35 matches, around 46% of the league won fixtures. Since my last stats update, the Hatters have, of course, achieved a club record, 22 games undefeated in the Football League. Previously, it was 19, and that had occurred twice in the late 1960s. This record was matched against Wickham before being broken at Fleetwood, where Luton won for the first time in their blue third kit this season. It was fifth time lucky for that particular kit in the league after two draws and two defeats. If you happen to be interested, it's two wins and a draw for the orange kit away from home, and five wins, two draws and two defeats for the white kit. With the orange kit always being worn at Kenilworth Road, this adds another 14 victories and four draws in the league to those particular kit statistics. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on what colour the Hatters are wearing when they travel to Plymouth and Bradford. Going back to the home matches though, and the unbeaten league run at Kenilworth Road is also on 22 matches now, and that goes back to the defeat against Accrington Stanley on 10th of March last year. The recent draw against Coventry was the first time this season that Luton haven't won in the league, having scored first. And it's now a run of 71 games where they've scored first and not lost. It's 59 victories and 12 draws in this time, with the split being 49 wins and 10 draws in the league, and 10 victories and 2 draws in the various cup competitions. This run goes back to the 3-1 defeat against Portsmouth in November 2016. That was the last time the Hatters lost, having scored first. Well, that wraps up another stats update from me. Hope you've enjoyed it, and I'll be back on the next podcast. Thanks for that, Simon. Uh, another great piece. Uh, I have no idea how he does it. He's just different class, as we always say. Uh, we're glad that you're enjoying that, and uh, he'll be back again, as he said, uh, next month. March, we've already focused on March off the pitch, chaps, let's focus on it, it starts on Saturday fairly long trip to um, Plymouth, I dread to think what time I've got to set the alarm to get to that game, followed by uh, Bradford away on the Tuesday night where we'll all still be pissed from the night before (laughs) Um, then we're at home to Gillingham home to Doncaster and potentially we finish the month away to um, Bristol Rovers I say that we're recording that before the uh, sorry recording this before the Checker Trade Trophy semi-final if Bristol Rovers have won that that game will get postponed uh, if they haven't if Sunderland have won which I'm sure we all hope anyway so that they get a bit more distraction uh, we'll be playing Bristol Rovers at the end of the month let's start with Plymouth James they've already taken a Tonkin at our place so they're taking another one on Saturday yes <laughs> that, that's, that, 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 that'll do me yeah Tony um, yes I'll go with that as well. <laughs> Happy days. And is it the day that Sonny Bradley stops getting asked the question? No, I, no, I don't think he's going to score all season, to be honest. And I don't care if he does, because he's doing a blinded job at the back. Uh, just on that, if we're promoted by Oxford and we get a penalty, are you sending him forward? 
Yeah, why not? Yeah, Unless James Conlon's on 29 and he'll be a right see, scrap, I, I just it? want to see how he celebrates. <laughs> yeah. If he remembers how to celebrate that is. Well, I, I suppose that's but the thing. If you it's can't on, see him scoring on Saturday night. Yeah, can't, but yeah. would he celebrate? That would be the thing. I, I guess if you've gone best part of a year without scoring, you're going to celebrate. You know, you'd celebrate scoring against your little kid in the back garden, wouldn't you? <laughs> if you've gone that long. I mean, you know, you would. Um, like you say, fantastic at back. Um, they're right, yeah, they're an improving side, Plymouth. I'm not looking forward to um, going down there because I think one of their stands is being renovated right next to the away end, so it's going to be freezing cold. But as long as the boys warm us up on the pitch, who cares? Bradford, they've got a new manager. Um, he got the better of Nathan Jones in the playoffs, didn't he? Gary Bowyer. Um, yeah. Hopefully, though, Tony, he's not getting the better of us next Tuesday. No. no. They're another side that took an absolute battering down here. Yeah. I. I think we'll win Tuesday night. I'll be very surprised if we if we get beaten on there. But uh, I think we'll win. I think we'll be too strong for them. Even though they've got a new manager and the players who want to play for him, you know, their their confidence is really really shot. I mean, they've they've, they've had some dreadful results, Bradford, and I, I can't see that changing. Any concern that it's two really long journeys in three days? No, not not really. We've got the squad to cope with it. Haven't we? Yeah. I mean, the bench of the last couple of games, you just, when things weren't quite going as they were, you just think you could make wholesale changes right now and it would be, that would be a good move to bring all those players on. And yeah, I, I don't think it will be. They're so close to getting what they want now that if you're not motivated for, for these games and, and the fact that they've managed to grind through games anyway, every now and again they will give a team a tonking because they're that good. They still create the chances. Like against Rochdale, they created a couple of chances. It probably could have been four, four or five. Um, so I've got no qualms about it, really. Um, and I, I'm just hoping that uh, I've, I've stood in a press conference with Gary Bowyer, and he's one of the most boring men in the world. So I just hope he has no motivational effect whatsoever on Bradford. Bores them into submission. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get on to the last three games actually um, shortly. That night, though, that we go to Bradford, it's a huge game in the promotion shake-up because Barnsley plays Sunderland that night. Yeah. Barnsley win or do us? Yes. Yes, I tell, I, yeah. Because um, that will increase the the gap between the top two and, and third and that's what you know, yes, it'd be nice to win the title but as long as we're finishing the top two. Yeah, go up and then we'll be great to celebrate the you know, uh, successive promotions. It's something the town haven't achieved in the past. No, absolutely, that would be um, fantastic. Another side who were comfortably beaten in the reverse fixture was Gillingham. I don't think either of you two that were there, but their pitch is still recovering from the flames Harry Cornick left behind um, <laughs> with, the, with that run. Um, Scorch marks, yes. That's, that, that's exactly it, yeah. He's still running, um, but the pitch is still recovering. Um, another home win? I would think so, yeah. Mm. I would think so as well, yeah. Just on that, actually, we've not actually mentioned it in amongst all the many stats that everyone's brought up on this podcast so far. We are now a whole year since we've lost at Kenworth Road in the league. The only team to beat us down here have been Sheffield Wednesday. And, well, they smashed and grabbed that night. So that's an, that's an achievement, Matt. And also, if you want to uh, push it quite further than it should go, Luton never lost a home league game in League One since 2008. 
know that. You know, that's, that's taking it and like, you know, you you've just seen my parents well, raise me to a full house there. On it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's hope that you know we've skipped past Gillingham and extended it by another week. For the big game of the month, I think most people will agree we've got a factor in the potential that we're not going to have James Collins when Doncaster Rovers come to town. But they're the only side of the left this season to come here in the top six. Aren't they the only side that can do the double over us now? Oh, you have to ask me these questions halfway through recording. You may well be right, yeah. Peterborough have failed, Portsmouth have failed, and who was the other team to beat? It's Barnsley have failed. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, there's motivation in itself, isn't it? Yeah, we want to avoid that. But I'd, to be honest with you, I'd quite happily take a point out of them too. Well, they're kind of sliding a little bit away from those above them, and they've let the chasing pack. Peterborough fan their mojo again kind of close in so maybe they're going to have to come down here and have a go which should be you know happy days for us well yeah possibly I mean I I'm now in the mindset of I think it's just three teams we're having to worry about you know Luton need to do what they need to do get the, get the job done get the results and hopefully the, the, the second and third teams playing each other will sort out a bit of extra um, gap there in the, in, the, in the top of the division so I'm not too bothered about the rest of them I think that they're all scrapping really for playoff places at the moment and by my reckoning then Tony the fifth game of the five that we need five wins to guarantee or to get the points total needed for promotion is Bristol Rovers away funny enough I've got a sneaking suspicion that's going to be the hardest game of the lot it's um, not a nice place to go to is it? it's one of those grounds it's it, it, not great Again, I'd, I'd quite happily take a point down there. You know, they're, they're, they're still in the relegation dogfight, aren't they? Well, we're very much in the position now where if we win at home and draw away, yeah, jobs are good and aren't we? So, on that on that grounds, I think you'd take a point. But they were one of those indifferent sides here, weren't they, Bristol Rovers? You know, they, it wasn't a game that stands in the memory. I know we won the game, but, you know, it was one of those did what we needed to moved on sort of game so we'd take that again down there wouldn't we well it's getting into that sort of territory now anyway isn't it just just like you say if you can win I think it's going to be six six wins you want six six yeah. wins gets looting up I think um, and it, it's it's, it's, obvious, it's very achievable with that fixture that's coming up and if you consider the fact that it's six it's six points now seven really with the goal difference it's going to take a huge slump touch wood <laughs> for that to happen um, for them not to I think the chasing pack there's got to be someone who's got to put together a phenomenal run yeah yeah. I think if we get five wins we go to 90 points and they're both going to have to get two points a game between now and the end of the season and play each other that's Barnsley and Sunderland mm-hmm. to both get that number so that's the kind of realms that we're going into and, and you know I don't, I don't want to write any opposition team off or anything like that but I'm sure all of our players deep down will look at it and say if we can't win five of these last 11 we probably don't deserve to be in the position that we're in anyway um, just one thing to look forward to over the course of the month at some point Aaron Connolly is going to join us mm-hmm. uh, another attacking player to add to the side be interesting to see what he th- what he brings I think all three around this table were impressed with him when Brighton came here and checked a trade trophy earlier in the season so um, another dimension added to the game it's pace as well isn't it and um, yeah. at, at points in that first half against Rochdale crying out for some pace and obviously that, that proved quite pivotal when 
the while I came on. And it's not like that Luton are short of it, they've got loads of it really. Um, and it would suit it will suit Luton's style. I think the way Brighton bring players up as well suits the way Luton play because Nathan Jones obviously instilled that style that he that he learned from down there on the south coast. So uh, he's obviously very highly rated by Chris Hewton. Um, it's just whether he can get into the team, isn't it? Really. Well, it's, uh, I think yeah, I think it's great the competition for places now, and the, the the good thing about it is it it takes out complacency. Mm. There's nobody who can take their place in that team for granted. Well, in fact, actually, I think the only two that probably could is probably Bradley and Pearson. But they're not that type of Colin players anyway. Not not because the competition's not there, but just because he's so bloody mm. pivotal at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing, the rumour mill suggests that Connolly's signed this season till the end of the season and for a full term in the Championship next season. And Brighton are a teetering on the edge themselves mm-hmm. you know it's quite possible that they must think something of him if they're prepared to, I know they're not going to factor in that they're getting relegated but there's a potential that they could be loaning out a half decent striker to us in the championship when they're in the championship I think I think you probably have to look at after two seasons in the Premier League in the most money spinning era of football ever that they can probably afford a few bob for a well known striker if they do happen to go down, um, I don't think they will. I think they. Yeah, I think the three that are there go. Yeah, myself. I don't think they will. I think they'll, they'll survive. But well, we're playing Fulham and Huddersfield next season. Yeah. Assuming that we finish the job mm. for sure, aren't we? It's just which of the third ones it is. Um, points. How many would you take from the five games? Twelve. I don't have a very good record and I no, say you have a terrible record sure. but you've got enough of a cushion that I don't mind you guessing it in a little bit oh, I'll just be I'll just say 10 I'd be <laughs> fair enough I think they can get more of that yeah I'm fairly confident we can get that get that 10 points uh, Tony let's finish this podcast uh, with some trust business um, I think the first thing that we'll start off with our committee member Colin Adamson will um, say well done to him uh, he got bored a couple of weeks ago and chucked himself out of a plane and he didn't just do it Showing just for the parachute just for, <laughs> didn't do it just yeah. for the good of his health he did actually raise money for last season's supporters charity of yeah. the year yeah. Keach uh, Hospice Care raised over £800 for that so well yeah. done to well, him well done Colin um, absolutely top effort uh, on the horizon is the end of season uh, player of the season presentation evening April the 28th tickets will be released shortly keep an eye on our website www.lutontownsupporterstrust.com for the details they'll be available I think from the ticket office um, prices to be announced fantastic night likely to be an even better one because we're celebrating once again Tony it's a it's a good, enjoyable night. Um, you can come along. You need to get in quick because the tickets will go very quick. But, you know, you can mix and meet the players. The player will sit on your table. They're very approachable. They'll quite happily sign anything you've got. They'll, You know, you can take all the photos you want. And uh, it, it is a good, enjoyable evening. 
An eight Glen, there. Glenn Ray will get hammered and nick my microphone. <laughs> he, he, he undoubtedly will do that. Yeah, and that's if um, he can see where he's going with his hair getting as long as it's currently getting. I saw him outside on Saturday. Initially didn't recognise him. I thought I'd run into Bungle from um, Rainbow. <laughs> but, um, you know, eventually I did. Um, just on the um, presentation evening, uh, we will be running our In Memoriam section once again this year. So if you know any friends or family who sadly left us in the last 12 months. If you want those to be included on that, it's a really fetching tribute, actually, to um, all of those who leave us. It, it, it is uh, one of the high points of the evening, that. It is. Yeah. It's, it's well-respected and uh, by everyone, uh, both fans and people at the club. Details are on our website now on how you can... Um, get your loved one involved with that uh, rest of the trust goings on Tony we're actually um, really ramping things up behind the scenes under your good self um, just sort of let everyone know the kind of things that you can at the moment that's going on obviously most, most of the battle against CNR has taken up a lot of time yeah that has taken up a, a great deal of our time but we're effort. improving things particularly yeah. with regards to membership yeah. we're looking at that um, in particular one of the things that I'd like to say is a big thank you to Brian Thompson um, who has uh, moved into a new role from uh, secretary um, he is now our membership secretary and uh, He's heading up a, a group who's looking at our membership, and uh, this group has come in with a lot of good ideas um, and you know future benefits for members. Um, we are embarking on the recruitment drive. The football club needs a strong trust, and the more members that the trust has, the stronger it is especially with the new stadium on the horizon and you know possible schemes that we will be looking at to protect the the ground from future uh, shall we say owners mm -hmm. I mean, the oysters of the world yeah the oysters <laughs> we, we don't end up like Blackpool or or Wrexham or, or Chester because it, it always seems to bring the worst out um, you know when there's a new ground on the horizon people see pound notes we're, we're lucky because with the board we've got the main concern is the future of the football club but they're not going to be here forever are they 2020 as much as we'd love them to be here forever so it is important that everything around the club is safeguarded we have the image rights uh, in, in our possession that we've had for a few years and there's going to be a, an announcement a little bit down the line with um, some advances on that uh, shall we say which is real good news for all Luton fans but it, you know it's a massive thing James that town fans can go to the football not having to worry that we're going to drop into the holes Cardiff's I mean even Leeds when they changed their badge and came up with that monstrosity <laughs> and all of that. that 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 can't possibly happen to Luton fans it's part of the feel good factor the, the club have got everything spot on they, you know from off the pitch on the pitch off the pitches something they can probably have a bit more control of and luckily on the pitch it's been going as, as great as well but everything like that if you speak to a Blackpool fan or you speak to Coventry uh, last week two yeah, weeks ago who, who came to you know, Kenilworth Road and protested at their owners who've been shit houses for three years or four more maybe mm. um, there's none of that in Luton anymore I mean, one one of the things that was really nice was on Saturday morning I got to meet the um, 
supporters of Feyenoord who'd come over for a visit um, chatting to them and chatting to members of their supporters union and uh, one of them friends uh, we're chatting we'll we, we, we be looking at forging closer links between our trust and their their union um, he was full of praise for what Luton had done and what the trust had achieved and, and, and very much think that that's the way it should be the, the communication the closeness with the club's owners um, and he, he, he said that Feyenoord are a bigger club but they don't have that relationship with their owners you know um, he said that your owners will listen to what supporters say what the trust say and you know they will ask our advice on things and he said they don't get that a fine order at all and he said that's how football should be um, it's why German football is actually in such yeah. a good state because yeah. the lot of their clubs are fan owned and they have such a big influence and they um, you just have to look at Dortmund how loved they are by their fans and how they react I mean English football's got a lot way a long way to go towards that but Luton pioneer a lot of things actually you can look at things like living wage or so many things they've done over the last uh, t- two seasons two three seasons well from their entire tenure actually but they've really started to come to fruition in the last couple of mm. seasons mm. Um, and you you it's good that clubs as big as fine are looking at that. Yeah, it's, it's great. But getting back to what I was saying about um, Brian moving into the membership secretary role, basically what that means is um, we have a role and, and we need a secretary for the trust. Um, our, all of us on the trust board all have roles and um, we're pretty up to our eyes in stuff at the moment um, we are looking for a new secretary and if there's anybody out there who feels that this could be a role for them um, obviously we would need to be a trust member um, please get in touch with us and um, you know we, we, we could certainly use as, as much assistance as possible from people out there yeah absolutely the, uh, the, the more people that want to get involved the stronger we can make the trust and in turn the stronger relationships we can form with the football club and um, build for a, a much brighter future as, as a great man once said the stronger the team the stronger the team absolutely indeed uh, just an, another point on trust business we recently passed 5,000 followers on our Twitter feed which is wonderful we are currently working out ways of rewarding that in the form of a giveaway of some kind details to that will be announced probably next week when we've got everything sorted out so keep your eye on our twitter feed uh, do whatever's required to get involved in the draw for that and you may well be able to win yourself some nice goodies just as a thank you for uh, following our twitter and actually amazingly our twitter at the time of recording is still one that and I haven't blocked so uh, who knows maybe they're one of the 5,000 you uh, you never know but rest assured they will not be winning no prize draw um, that's for sure chaps it's been eventful again we're going to get together a fair few times between now and uh, the end of the month to react to next Monday and we're hoping to bring you a couple of special podcasts down at the training ground as well so um I won't take up any more of your time, but thanks for joining me this evening. Really looking forward to next Monday. Um, it's just going to be a fantastic night. We can't, you know, or well, we hope it will be. We can't, you know, say that strongly enough. You know, it's, it is the biggest night 
that Luton as a as a place, as a football club, as fans, as everything else has possibly ever had. So here's to a great night next Monday. And next time we reconvene, we'll celebrate it in full. But uh, thanks for being with me. Thanks for you for listening. If you do like our podcast, and so many of you are getting in touch saying that you do, please subscribe, share, like, uh, follow, do everything else that you need to do. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love all, all of your feedback. And um, also, also, if you fancy getting involved. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a trust member and you want to come along and join us, uh, I swear to God, these two aren't as scary as uh, they look when they're in front of me. They're free money for beer. They're absolutely fine. Um, Yeah, drop us a message. If you want to get involved, by all means, uh, we'll get in touch with you and we'll uh, we'll arrange that. For now, though, uh, thanks for listening. And you two, well, enjoy the week. Thanks, Kirsten. Cheers,